This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. What's something you know makes you feel better that you aren't doing enough of? Like maybe it's going on a morning walk or reading a book or calling a friend or maybe it's going to therapy. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com super to give it a try. Is the butterbeer in Harry Potter alcoholic? Hey brother. Okay, so on the face of it, this seems like a pretty straightforward question. Like does butterbeer actually have alcohol in it or is it more like ginger ale or root beer and just have like an alcohol sounding modifier on it? name. And yes, before you leave it in the comments, I know you can get hard root beer or hard ginger ale, okay? But as ever with Harry Potter, the more I started looking into the answer to this question, the more questions I just had, not just about butterbeer, but about the entire wizarding world's relationship with alcohol. Victor's gone to go and get drinks. She can't join us. Because at least compared to the muggle world, their relationship seems to like toe the line at best and at other times is just downright irresponsible. I mean, maybe it's just me, but 13 year olds going to bars by themselves is, that's young in any culture, right? And then like, why are wizard drinks different than our drinks? Like, do their drinks need to be magically enhanced? Or is there like a physiology question at stake? Like, are wizards not affected by just regular old muggle alcohol? And to that end, would muggles then be capable of consuming wizard drinks without there being like weird consequences? Today, we get to the bottom of all of it. Okay, let's start with butterbeer, hands down the beverage that has been most popularized by Harry Potter. I mean, if it is not the number one thing people are determined to try when you visit the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal, then I don't know what is. Actually, I bet it's the chocolate frogs, but that would be a colossal mistake. Like, take it from me, you can and should just pass on them because they are terrible. I mean, if you just want the box for decoration, then go for it. They do look really good, but the frogs as candy just which future note for the captioner, if you want to spell that sound, it's B-L-A-F-R-K. No, the real question you should have when you go to Universal is how are you going to try the butterbeer? Because believe it or not, there's five different ways. You can get it frozen, hot, as ice cream, as fudge, or as potted cream? Which now I need to go back to the parks because I don't know what potted cream is, but I desperately want to try it. But you might think with the existence of a park that otherwise serves alcohol and is dedicated to recreating the experience of actually existing inside the wizarding world that this would give us the answer. Is the butterbeer there alcoholic or not? And the answer is no. At the parks, the butterbeer is not alcoholic at all. But I swear that used to be a thing. Like, is it just me misremembering it? I swear you used to be able to say whether you wanted alcohol in it or not. Like, is it, am I crazy? Either way, though, it doesn't really answer our question because within the books themselves, there are accounts of at least one character who is very affected by drinking butterbeer. Winky. Winky is getting through six bottles a day now. Well, it's not strong, that stuff, Harry said. But Dobby shook his head. Tis strong for a house elf, sir. And there you go. I mean, that single passage alone basically confirms that butterbeer is alcoholic, if only very slightly. But then wait, does that mean that the school is just totally okay with their 13-year-old students going into town and buying alcohol? Well, yes and no. I mean, obviously the school is okay with it, and there are some precautions in place because you're not allowed to go to Hogsmeade at all until at least your third year, and you do need a permission slip signed by your parents. And realistically, butterbeer is probably so light on alcohol that it's just not an issue. For example, out here in the real world, anyone can buy kombucha, a product made by fermenting sweet tea. I'm actually drinking one right now. And in case you don't know, fermentation is the process that produces alcohol, but kombucha is able to be sold as a non-alcoholic beverage because it has less than 0.5% alcohol in it. 
So for comparison, your average beer has 4.5% alcohol in it. So you'd have to drink like nine of these to get the effects of a single beer. But I highly recommend you don't do that because let's face it, after nine drinks of anything, you're gonna have other problems anyway. So yeah, I guess butterbeer is totally fine. And yet, in Order of the Phoenix, after the exams are done, Dean and Seamus are planning a post-exam party and are plotting for how many black market butterbeers they're going to need. Harry barely heard them. He scrambled through the portrait hole while they were still arguing about how many black market butterbeers they would need. And if you're looking for black market butterbeers, then it kind of just suggests that they're not okay to have at the school. This is also reinforced by Lupin, who offers Harry a butterbeer during his third year while at school. Here, you've earned a drink. Something from the three broomsticks. You won't have tried it before. And his assumption here is that since Harry is just now 13 and wouldn't have had access to Hogsmeade before now, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to try it. But then when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are hosting the first ever DA meeting over at the Hogshead, Ron says, We could order anything we like in here. I bet that bloke would sell us anything. He wouldn't care. I've always wanted to try fire whiskey. So oddly, despite its low alcohol content, there does seem to be like a 13 year old age limit on butterbeer. But then a second drinking age at 17 when you age up into wizard adulthood and can drink anything you want. And I guess that all seems pretty straightforward or maybe curvy at best, but where things get iffy is just how fast and loose they are with these rules. Like for example, when Dumbledore comes to collect Harry from the Dursleys in year six and offers all of the Dursleys some of Madame Rose Murta's Finest oak matured mead. Which by the way, just one of my favorite scenes because he just sends them all floating glasses of the mead and it just keeps like bonking into their heads because they won't drink it. But what's interesting here is that Dumbledore is offering the drink to Dudley as well, who would only be 16 at the time and two years away from the legal British drinking age limit of 18. I mean, I know it's the Dursleys, but for shame Dumbledore. And yet the more you look into it, the more you realize that Dumbledore is just incredibly lax around this particular set of rules. Like, when Harry brings Ron to Slughorns to cure him of the love potion in Half-Blood Prince, they celebrate by having more mead. Which, yet again, professor serving 16-year-olds alcohol at school. And hey, I get it, that's like a private one-time thing. There was like a life-threatening situation. Maybe we can let the rules slide. But then we have to consider Slughorn's Christmas party where again, he's serving mead to everyone there. This is a semi-public event that's happening at the school that Dumbledore definitely knows about. All I can guess is that I just don't know enough about the mead in question. And I have to assume that it is similar to the alcohol range of the butter beer and falls in between that like 13 to 17 year old age gap. But even if that's true, Slughorn is still not off the hook because then down at Hagrid's hut after Aragog's funeral, he offers Harry wine. Now, to be fair, Harry doesn't drink it because he's under the effects of Felix Felicis and that's telling him not to, but it is still offered. And the way that night ends is that two Hogwarts professors drink themselves to sleep in front of one of the students, which I would consider inappropriate, but Dumbledore's immediate response is, Harry, this is spectacular news. Very well done indeed. I knew you could do it. Now, of course, he's actually talking about Harry getting Slughorn's memory in that situation, but still, the further I get into writing this script, the more I'm starting to believe Leave the rumors that Dumbledore did order 800 barrels of Madame Rose Murtra's mulled mead for the Yule Ball. An event that also serves butterbeer, mind you. I mean, granted, in this situation, only older students are allowed to go, unless you are asked by an older student, Ginny, who I guess is actually 13 at the time, so maybe it's fine. But my point is, if someone had asked a second year to the Yule Ball, I don't think they would have had any trouble getting their hands on some butterbeer. But hey, all this talk of drink is making me hungry, which is why I'm 
excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Factor. Fall is in full swing, school schedules are filling up, which means you need some wholesome, convenient meals, and Factor is the answer. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they are ready to fuel you up for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. All of their meals are chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat, and delivered straight to your door. Because let's face it, when you're busy, it's hard to eat well, but Factor lets you skip so many of the steps. You don't have to go to the store or do the chopping or the prepping or the cleaning. You just heat it up and boom, you've got a meal with great flavor and nutritional quality. Plus, you're never going to get bored. They've got over 35 different fresh, never frozen meals for you to choose from. All of which promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences and are ready in just two minutes. And if you're thinking, ah, oh, but I want all those fall flavors, well, don't worry. Factor has you covered with a limited time offering of many seasonal delights. We're talking cranberry pecan chicken. We're talking apple Dijon pork chops. Not bad. Plus, if you really want to level up the experience, they have Gourmet Plus where you can get some bunch of fancy ingredients like broccolini and truffle butter and asparagus. But hey, it's not just meals. Maybe you just want to replenish your snack supply, which is great because they have 45 different options for different add-ons you could put in there. Not to mention the cold-pressed juices or shakes or smoothies. Seriously, there's just something for everyone. I've personally enjoyed everything they've sent me. So if you want to give it a try, head over and over to factormeals.com super50 to get 50% off. One more time, that is factormeals.com, promo code Super 50 for 50% off. Link is in the description down below. Then, of course, we have Professor Trelawney, who is constantly just throwing back full bottles of sherry up in her office. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, that's just cooking sherry. Well, let me tell you something about cooking sherry. That's just sherry wine that's been fortified with brandy. So Trelawney even seems to realize she has a problem because she's going to the room of requirement to hide the bottles. In Philosopher's Stone at the opening feast, Hagrid is described as taking a deep drink from his goblet. Sorry, drinking deeply from his goblet, which to be fair, it's not explicitly described as alcohol, but I feel like that's the assumption you're supposed to take away. And I mean, there's nothing really wrong with Hagrid drinking alcohol, but it does just seem like weird to have alcohol at a school feast. And then there's Moody, AKA Barty Crouch Jr., who is drinking from his hip flask in front of the students while teaching all year long. Now, granted, we of course know that it's actually a polyjuice potion and that it's a known mannerism of Moody to only eat or drink food that he has personally prepared. But even so, hip flasks are typically reserved for a very specific kind of beverage. Like, I just can't imagine it would have flown if any of my high school teachers have been taking hits from their hip flask all day while they were teaching. But like, do you see what I mean? Dumbledore is just like super lax about all these things at school and just kind of lets them it all happened. I mean, I guess also to be fair, there's never really much harm done. Although there was that one time when Dumbledore got all tricksy with the bottle of gin at Wool's Orphanage so that he could go recruit one particular student, um, Tom Riddle, which I don't know, maybe if he hadn't been so quick to drinks, he could have been turned away that day. We could have avoided this whole, you know, Voldemort situation. <laughs> Whoopsie. Anyway, I feel like we got off track for a little bit there. What were we talking about? Winky. Okay, so the reason Winky is affected so much more than the students is just because house elves are way smaller than humans, and when they drink even smaller amounts of alcohol, it affects them a lot greater. I suppose it's possible that as a whole different species, elves interact with alcohol differently, but I feel like it's probably the size thing. And to that end, I actually don't think wizards respond any differently to a specific beverage than muggles would. Because like, while some drinks are magically enhanced, Hagrid and Slughorn do end up just sort of passing out drinking regular wine, which is honestly kind of surprising since wizards have so many remedies for just regular common muggle ailments pun intended. As for the reverse, which would be muggles drinking wizard drinks, that also seems perfectly okay. We actually see this exact thing happen in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them when Jacob Kowalski drinks the giggle water, <laughs> which I absolutely love that they brought this back in the third movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Although sadly that might have been the high note of the whole movie. Anyway, to sum up, yes, Butterbeer is slightly alcoholic, enough to inebriate a house elf and enough to warrant a 13-year-old age drinking limit, but not enough to put the full 17-year-old drinking limit on it. Which actually kind of lines up with the American guidelines for caffeine, where you're not supposed to drink caffeinated beverages until you're at least 12. Lord knows I'm not giving my kids caffeine. Whew. Not that it super matters at Hogwarts though, because Dumbledore just seems pretty lax about all these rules in general. So Ben, my question for you and everybody Else's. Does anyone else remember when you could ask for alcohol in the Butterbeer at Universal? I, I swear I remember doing this. You can get like a shot of rum in there. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm going crazy. Let me know in the towel section. No matter what's in Butterbeer though, guys, I have always wanted to try one. It just sounds like so warm and so cozy, which is why we partnered with the local company, uh, R&D Coffee here in Roanoke to learn how to make one. And you can see me and Ben fumble through trying to do it ourselves. And then our friend Quincy do it professionally good, complete with a uh, recipe in the description. If you wanna check it out, that's the video right here. But otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.